This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3377 for Tuesday, the 13th of July 2021. Today's show is entitled Chromebook Support and More. It is hosted by Zen Floater 2 and is about 17 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is I run into disaster using my Chromebook. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Boys and girls, time for another uh, episode of Zim Floater, a former human being converted into squirrel in the 1960s by aliens, uh, audio, I don't know, podcast or whatever. And I've decided to do another one on the Chromebook here. I'm using the Google Chromebook Go, the big one with the i7 and 16 gigabytes of RAM and I don't know. What is it, a half a terabyte SSD or whatever it's got in there? Anyway, it's a monster, and I've been using it for a while. And I decided I would do a Hacker Public Radio first. We're going to record a podcast while I take a bath in the bathtub. So let's get the water going here. And uh, hopefully you can hear the water. Let me go ahead and close the drain there. And uh, we're letting the water fill the bathtub. Now... uh, I've enjoyed using these Chromebooks, but I just wanted to comment on all Chromebooks. Uh, Like you know, I've got two of them. I've got an Acer that's like a year and a half older than this one. And already the Acer Chromebook that has the N3700 processor, I believe it is, 4-core processor and uh, 4 gigabytes of RAM and a really small, uh, I don't know, I I don't want to call it SSD. It's just like a USB flash drive of some kind they put in there. Uh, That thing already can't install free um, applications from the Android Google Play Store. They're already dropping support from uh, the Android side for that Chromebook. So I'm probably starting to look at converting that particular Chromebook into a Linux laptop of some kind in the near future because I believe they already have uh, worked out a conversion for for that particular model uh, to get it away from Chrome OS. So I did not get a full four years worth of use out of that Acer uh, before um, they just decided to quit supporting it. In pieces anyway. I mean, by and large, I can still get Chrome OS updates and everything else works. It's just that the Android Play Store is, is failing. So I'm figuring um, this Google Chromebook Pro Go, whatever you call it, the big one that I bought here, the expensive one, will probably go the full four years or five years, however many years I've got to support before um, the uh, PlayStation Play Store starts dropping support for it. 
hopefully. And and when they do, hopefully they'll figure out how to uh, do a conversion to this. It'd be great if I could run both of them in uh, Faguita, which I'm going to be looking into in the next month or two of uh, booting Faguita on the Acer anyway, and see if I can run Faguita in it and uh, just use it sort of as a dumb terminal, which would be good for me. I've also uh, wanted to make note that OpenBSD 6.9 did release on May 1st or thereabouts, and we've been using it now for a little over a month. Um, it's a decent release. There's been a lot of improvements to it, and I've been using the new Faguita 6.9, which uh, Kawamoto has been keeping patched. We're up to patch 8 now in the OpenBSD security architecture for AMD, i386, and ARM. And um, I like that. And I decided I would experiment with a couple of other USB live thumb drive operating systems that just recently came out that caught my attention. And uh, one of which is uh, known as Anti-X. And uh, Anti-X, and I think it's 19 point something or another, was it 19.2 or 19.3, I can't remember, just came out. And I downloaded that, the 64-bit version. They also have a 32-bit version. And that is a really nice um, desktop with three separate window managers you can choose from, I believe. It's based on that Debian Buster. Um, they do not use System D. They're using, uh, I think it's, uh, I'm not sure what init they're using. I thought it was SysB init, but maybe I'm wrong on that. It could be uh, OpenRC, but uh, they're not using System D. And um, they did a really nice job of it. You know, when you when you add uh, programs, they show up on the menus. You know, they, they wrote a script to make sure that they show up on the menus. And uh, it's it's really quite nice what they've done with it. I, I approve of it. Uh, I like to run Dillo occasionally. And I was surprised to notice, well, not really surprised, but anyway, just wanted to make note that if you run Dillo, uh, you'll find that they put a bunch of bookmarks in there for various uh, communist sites, which, um, you know, uh, and Antifa sites, which are, are kind of unusual for someone like me, being from Oklahoma, to, to, to watch. But anyway, it provided some color to it and it lets you know who is developing it. And I think they really did a great job and big pat in the back to them. And I'd recommend it to anybody that, that likes a Linux USB uh, distribution, you know, live USB distribution. It worked out well, and I even, even installed it to the hard drive on one of my other laptops, and I used it for a week, and it worked pretty good. The uh, next live USB um, distro that I tried was Nomad BSD. And Nomad BSD just made a release of their 130 version, which is a um, actually based on FreeBSD 13.0, their 130 release, and that gives you the new um, ZFS um, file system, the one that they're they they're going to standardize on. That that is the same one that's found in Linux now since they're developing ZFS outside of FreeBSD. 
and uh, porting it to other operating systems from there. And uh, so you get the use of that. You can, when you boot that USB um, OS up, it asks you to create a, uh, a live storage area on your USB uh, stick, and it uses whatever uh, space is left available and creates an encrypted storage area for your home directory, which I thought was also very nice of them to do. Uh, they also offer a live installation of the hard drive, which you can install either UFS, uh, the old file system, or ZFS using the new uh, the, the new standardized ZFS, the new the new open architecture supported ZFS. And um, I uh, installed that to a laptop and rather liked it, and it had a, a lot of support for commercial drivers too on the market that you couldn't get with um, Antix X because um, unfortunately a lot of the commercial manufacturers um, for communication drivers and things like that they're now requiring you to, to have an operating system that has System D so they're not going to be supporting DevOne or um, Void Linux or um, Gen 2 or anything like that that doesn't use System D any operating system that doesn't use System D which I thought was pretty piggish of a lot of these companies, but they're literally standardizing, uh, they, you know, they're literally mandating that you're going to have system D. So, but uh, FreeBSD does have a driver support for uh, a, 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 a a cornered portion of commercial support. Uh, by the way, Void Linux has a little bit too. You know, there's a little bit of support for Void Linux under Run It. Which may translate over into running on Dev One. I'm not sure. I haven't tried it on some of these uh, drivers. Uh, but at any rate, uh, the other thing that was great about Nomad BSD was uh, they have the ability for you to set up Google Chrome on there. And how they do it is they install a copy of, uh, I believe it's Ubuntu 1804, in a jail for you with a click of a button, and then download Chrome and set it up and it works and you get access to Ubuntu so not only do you get uh, package install access to um, a wide range of uh, software uh, which is frankly their catalog is about as big as Debian's uh, you can also download um, anything that will run on Ubuntu 18.04 and run it inside Nomad BSD which is pretty cool so you get uh, the best of both worlds, frankly. Well, here recently, um, I've decided on uh, one of my laptops that I'm going to start running Tristel 9 again, doing an evaluation of uh, free software. I recently uh, tried to run uh, uh, Geeks version 1.3. They have a new version out, or have had a new version out for a while. And I was pretty impressed with that. It will allow you to build a desktop in an encrypted install, uh, download everything from the network and set it up for you. Did a great job, except uh, I'm not too sure about, um, I had a little trouble with a couple of the packages that I tried to install. And I could have gotten around that, but decided um, that uh, for the commercial support end of it, 
maybe the best thing for me to do would be to get, go back to a system D type operating system and uh, run Triscoll. And a lot of you're asking, why would I be wanting to use closed source proprietary drivers and something like Triscoll? Well, I like Triscoll because it's a very stable, um, well vetted, well debugged operating system, just like I like DevOne. You know, DevOne is essentially recycled Debian where they've had one more look at every package and got another chance to iron out all the bugs. So really, Triscoll 9 is like a super Ubuntu 1804. It is. It's a super Ubuntu 1804 without any of the proprietary drivers. So anything that ends up being proprietary would be something that you add on there. And I found that um, a lot of Triscoll's uh, software, of course, from the 1804 era is pretty aged. So I decided to then take Geeks and install it on Triscoll, which you can do from the Geeks website. There's uh, like four commands you issue to get the Geeks daemon set up and populated, and then go onto your user account and do a Geeks-pull to have it compile. I like to have all my software compiled to fit Triscoll. So during the install, I refuse to accept native binaries and the signature uh, keys for them, thus indicating to the system that I wanted to compile everything that I installed. Geeks acts just like package source uh, that you would use with NetBSD. And uh, it's really, um, in my opinion, the Arch Linux of package source. That's what Geeks is. It's the Arch Linux of free software package source. Only their architecture is fantastic. Uh, they allow you to install multiple versions over time of, of various software. Like you could have two or three versions of Emacs if you decided you needed that. Um, I decided that the flat pack version on Triscoll was too old. Even the one that was uh, available through Utonia backports is too old. So I am installing flat pack via Geeks, which is going to be the latest version of Flatpak, and uh, that way I can download some Flatpaks, because Triscoll 9, unlike Triscoll 8, does support Flatpaks now, so you can use that. So, um, anyway, I hope you can hear the water running and everything. I'm not going to uh, edit or smooth up this, um, this audio too much. It's... Uh, as I say, it's been recorded in the, the Linux volume of the Google Chromebook Go using the Google Chromebook Go's natural microphone. It, it's not a special microphone. I find the audio and uh, video of uh, the Chromebook Go to be superior to anything else I own. It just is. Um, the next best video and audio that I have is on a cheap $183 Dell I bought two or three years ago. Uh, it's like a college student entry level type notebook with CD-ROM DVD burner built in. It only has four gigs of RAM and that's what I've installed Triscoll on. And I'm using a um, plug-in USB dongle to get access to the OpenBSD Wi-Fi router that I run in this house. And I'm currently installing Geeks to that. It's an N3700 processor with 1.6 gigahertz or gigahertz of speed, so it's rather slow. Uh, but it gets the job done. It only has a 500 gigabyte hard drive. I don't need much. Because I find even on the Chromebook, if I need extra file space storage, I'll just use the Fuse 
file system, the Fuse SSH file system, uh, to uh, create a share to the one of the eight terabyte drives that I have on the OpenBSD server, and I'll create a large enough volume for me to play in if I need extra space to do something on my Google Grow Chromebook or uh, my Triscoll install on that particular uh, Dell N3700 equipped laptop. So, and that works well around the house. It's it's not too great on the road, of course, as you know, because bandwidth is going to be an issue. So, there you have it. And I don't really have anything else to report other than uh, we just got the news today that Netanyahu is out. He's finished as the Prime Minister of Israel. Uh, that happened today. It is the uh, 14th, I believe, Monday, isn't it? Yeah, Monday the 14th. It's about 7.40 p.m. here in the state of Oklahoma. And, uh, oh, they also had some news about Biden getting lost at the D7 summit and wandering around like he didn't know where he was at. I really don't know that we're going to have President Biden much longer. I'll be surprised if he lasts till Christmas before uh, they go ahead and put Kamala Harris in there. I really would because I think he's he's heading for the nursing home, folks. So anyway, squirrels have to take a bath. I hope you've enjoyed this bath time podcast, and I'll be publishing it to Hacker Public Radio as another first for Hacker Public Radio first squirrel to do a podcast on Hacker Public Radio from a bathtub with water in it using a Google Chromebook Go. Now that's got to be a first. No one else has ever tried that. Bye-bye for now, humans. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.